You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is Views is from Mitch Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another rousing edition of the Views from Mitch Street podcast. Your home for all the Carolina Panther football talk you can handle and then a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right here in the heart of of Panther Country, and of course, joining me as always on the other side of the metaphorical glass today, my co-host, my partner in crime. He is the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, and uh, we're gonna talk about Baker just to get it out of the way. But before I do that, I would like to surprise the great one with some pleasant news. Uh, as of ten minutes ago, Deontay Foreman has been cleared of all injury reports. It's good to know. Yes, it is. There were tweets going around on Thursday evening and Friday that Foreman had been spotted around the facility in a walking boot. In a boot. uh, That he was in street clothes and in a boot at one point. I cannot dispute the validity of that statement. What I can tell you is that the official injury report for Friday came out about 10 minutes before we started recording this pod Friday afternoon, and Deontay Foreman's name is not on that injury report, so he will apparently be a full go coming up on Sunday, and that is good news because, and I don't say this about any one particular player in any one particular game, very often, uh, I do not think we can beat Seattle without him. I think we must run the hell out of the football. I mean, I think that's true about every game. But specifically against Seattle, I do not want to have to rely on even short passing game against Seattle's defense. And we'll get to those X's and O's coming up here in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's talk about... Baker! There it is. is. I wanted to see if you wanted the nostalgia there for just a minute. had to do it. It felt good, didn't it? Uh, Actually, no, it kind of hurt a little bit, but that's, (laughs) that's fine. Baker Mayfield... Goes on the road to play at home. Now a member of the LA Rams picked up on waivers earlier this week. We broke that down in the Wednesday pod, which if you'd like to listen to, of course, you can go find every episode of Views for Mint Street wherever fine podcasts are found. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or faux free on the Odyssey app. So, Bake gets picked up. And heads out to Los Angeles, where on two days notice, and let me be abundantly clear, 
You are going to hear a lot of people say on two days notice, Baker Mayfield did not have two days. Okay? He got picked up on Tuesday. He was on a plane on Wednesday to L.A. He got to Wednesday or to L.A. Wednesday afternoon to get to facility to meet with Sean McVay for the first time. He had Wednesday night and Thursday to get ready for this game. He had a portion of one practice and then Thursday's walkthrough to get ready for that game. Baker goes 22 of 35, 230, one touchdown, but orchestrated multiple drives. And I've also seen a lot of people going, wait a minute, Rob. Baker Mayfield looked very average for three and a half quarters before he put it together in the fourth. Hold your roll just a second because Cam Akers fumbled the ball at one point on a drive that Baker put together that should have scored at least three and you wouldn't have needed late game heroics in that one. You had, I think, three drives where Baker was able to convert a first down that were called back due to different offensive penalties that had nothing to do with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's numbers belie what a good game. Not great, not excellent, not Hall of Fame caliber, not something we're going to be talking about in legend for years and years, but a good game for a guy that had less than a day and a half to learn Sean McVay's offense. And the takeaway... From that, for me, great one is we could have got that out of Baker, too. But Sean McVay looked at Baker and went, here are his strengths. Here are his weaknesses. Here's what we're going to run to maximize the strengths and to avoid the weaknesses, something that Ben McAdoo never did with Baker Mayfield. They used a lot of motion. They used a lot of slants and stunts on the offensive line to get Baker out from directly in the face of the defensive line. They went with rollouts. They gave him the opportunity to hit outside passes instead of trying to throw over the middle where he had a lot of balls batted down in Carolina. If you look at the offense that Baker Mayfield quarterbacked on Thursday night and you compare it to any of the games that Baker Mayfield quarterbacked under Ben McAdoo, under Matt Rule, under Steve Wilkes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Baker's struggles were 100% because of coaching and play calling in Carolina. They were 80% because of coaching and play calling in Carolina. Great one. So, what a story. A guy knocked down the third string, couldn't beat P.J. Walker out of second string on the Carolina Panthers. Gets on the plane, flies out a couple days later, jumps out on the field for the Rams, doesn't know a good portion of the complicated offense. And it's a very complicated offense. I heard on a couple different shows just uh, calling out an average length of just the play calling itself. And it's like three paragraphs to call one play. Uh, as far as the terminology goes, he gets out there, and uh, we played some clips on our show earlier about the fact that he didn't even know some of the cadence, some of the things like that, and he had people in his ear telling him what to do, and he still was able to do what he did, and that that's lead the Rams to a victory, a come-from-behind victory, and while I'm watching him do it, and am I rooting for him? Yes, I am. I think he had a, had a bad deal 
with the Panthers because I still think that there's some animosity between him and Wilkes. I don't know what it has. Maybe it stems all the way back to the OBJ thing because some of the morning shows on TV today were bringing up, well, you know, he just didn't get along with OBJ. It always comes back to that. So, like, people, for some reason, think they needed to take sides. Maybe it goes back that far. Um but I still think that, that that there's something there. But he is able to go there and do what he did, throw with accuracy, lead them down with poise in an offense that he didn't know, and he's not good enough to be even second string for the Carolina Panthers. This is a major problem, not only for Ben McAdoo, but for Steve Wilkes, because if this turns out to be what it could be, and that's Baker leading uh, the Rams to a few more victories, and if we as the Panthers can't get some victories, Steve Wilkes is probably not going to be here next year. Uh, I am going to start with we don't know, though we do have some hypotheses, we don't know the relationship between Steve Wilkes and Baker Mayfield. They spent some time together in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, they spent the time together under Matt Rule, although Steve Wilkes coming from the defensive side of the football, probably not a ton of interaction with Baker Mayfield. When P.J. Walker got the nod after Baker came back from injury, I found that intriguing. And we talked about it on this pod. I was trying to come up with reasons why that would have been the move made. Didn't have any. Then they went back to P.J. Tried to come up with reasons that that would be the move made. Couldn't come up with any. So it's I think it's a it's a it's a fair guess that there 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 must have been something there some animosity some uh desire to punish Baker I don't know what the case Things we'll never find out about because Correct. I don't believe either guy will will say right. anything about Baker, it. Baker after the game Thursday had every opportunity to tear the Panthers coaching staff a new one and he didn't do it right in fact he was very gracious both in his exit Uh, And his appearance in L.A., he was very gracious in the way. In fact, this is part of the reason I'm pulling for Baker because for a dude that I have been told his entire career was brash and rude and cocky and this and that, I don't think he's any of those things. I think he just has fun playing football when his team is winning and people don't like that for some dumb reason. But even if he was all those things, he has handled his tenure in Carolina He handled his benching in Carolina, and he handled his departure in Carolina, I thought, uh, with class, with grace, with dignity, and I appreciate and respect that. He could have ripped us up. He didn't do it. Thank you, Baker. We appreciate that, and I, I, I am rooting for your success. All of that being said, whatever the reasons, and let's preface this part of the conversation, Lonzo, with, and I'm going to go with one of my favorite Bill Belichickianisms. It's just one game. Right? It's one game. Baker came in. It was one game. I had a guy on Twitter hit me up earlier. One of my buddies, Tim, hit me up on Twitter. He said, hey, look, you guys are ignoring the fact that Baker had three and a half quarters of average football and then two really good drives at the end of the game. And my response to that was, that's not why this is impressive. That was not an impressive performance that I don't know how many of y'all got Twitter. If you do, follow me at the Rob Brown Show. Follow him at Lonzo on Word. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. 
Zoe, did you happen to pop on Twitter around 10.45 and 11 o'clock last night? Because I did. And do you know what I saw? Baker, 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 Rams, 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 Baker, 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 McVay, McVay, Rams, 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 Baker, Baker. It was an outpour. And granted, I'm a sports guy, so the majority of my feed is made up of sports people. But all the sports people, nobody was talking NBA last night. Nobody was talking MLB free agency last night. All everybody was talking about last night was Baker Mayfield and the drive that won the LA Rams the game. That is the type of play that Baker Mayfield is comfortable with and is able to pull off when the offense takes advantage of its best players' best traits. They pointed him in the right direction. They ran a simple and limited offense that took advantage of Baker Mayfield's strengths last night, Lonzo. And shocker of shockers, they won the football game. It's a bad L.A. team. The Raiders are bad. There's no arguing they're bad. Baker Mayfield had the playbook for a day and a half. You know, it's it's real easy to blame. Well, you know, Baker did well because the Raiders are bad. And, and you know what? The Raiders were on their way back. We're starting to win some games. We're looking really good. We're looking strong. And then... Uh, even in this game, they they were looking. St- I mean, they were up by a couple of touchdowns, or they were up by thirteen, and, and then Baker brought them back, and they won the game. Are the Raiders bad? Yeah, they're not. They're not that good. Are the Rams bad? Yeah, they're not that good. They are who their record says they are. But a guy who was discarded, and and you can uh, yeah, he asked for his release, but he was discarded by the Carolina Panthers, went somewhere else for a couple of days and, and proved that he's a good enough football player to bring a team back, which if he had lost that game, it wouldn't have been a shocker because he'd only been there for a short time. And people would have said, yeah, see, that's, that's the reason why he got released. They would have said that uh, to cover up the fact that he'd only been there a couple of days. But that's not what happened. He went there and he won. And I don't know – what Panthers fans should be doing in this in this case? Should you be rooting? If well, let me put it this way: If you're a Steve Wilkes fan, you should be rooting for Baker to do bad the rest of the year, because if he does really well, and who he and Sam Darnold could win the rest of the games, and if that happens, if Sam Darnold is able to win the rest of the game for the Panthers, for one thing, the Panthers will end up winning the NFC South. And then, uh, not necessarily. Tampa could still win out too. Well, more than likely. All right, more than likely. Minus that one game. Yeah, yeah. Say. More than likely, they'll at least be right there. Correct. Uh, if Sam Darnold is able to do that, then this doesn't look so bad. But if Sam Darnold or PJ Walker can't get some victories for the Panthers and Baker Mayfield wins with the Rams, it doesn't look good for Steve Wilkes. Uh, I'll tell you what doesn't look good already. What doesn't look good for Ben McAdoo is the performance of Baker Mayfield. It, it is that simple. That is the that is the big one. The performance last night out of Baker makes Ben McAdoo look bad. You are looking at a situation where a guy and, – and, and listen, there are some people making the argument that, oh, Baker's a franchise quarterback, right? Like we had the franchise quarterback in the building and we forsaketh him for P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold. I'm not going that far. I don't know that Baker is a long-time franchise quarterback. Do I think Baker Mayfield is good enough to win you some football games? Hell yeah, absolutely. And I think you saw that yesterday evening. And the fact that Sean McVay 
in less than 48 hours got a better game out of Baker Mayfield than Ben McAdoo got in seven games, right? I think that's a pretty damning condemnation uh, of where this team is. Like I said, it was one game against a bad Raiders team, an upward trending Raiders team, but a bad Raiders team. But Baker looked good. The Rams, and, and for, before the excuses come piling in, who do you think's got a better offensive line, L.A. or Carolina? I'm going to go with Carolina right now. Sure. Who do you think's got a better running game right now, L.A. or Carolina? I think i got to go with Carolina on that. Correct. The only spot that you might be able to argue that L.A. is better would be at the wide receiver position. Oh, that's right. No Cooper Cup. Who do you think's got a better wide receiving core today, Sands Cooper Cup, L.A. or Carolina? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Panthers. So you're telling me the Baker Mayfield in less than 48 hours teamed up with Sean McVay, learned a large enough chunk of the playbook, went out there with the lesser offensive line, a lesser run game behind him, and a lesser wide receiver core, and turned in that performance. But the best we could get out of him is what we got out of him. That to me, and I hope I'm wrong, and 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 maybe maybe we'll see because the, the the next bit of smoke coming out of Charlotte is that the Carolina Panthers are putting a lot of eyeballs towards Sam Darnold and the potential to re-sign him if he's able to finish out this year strong, so that they can use that first round pick on a not quarterback. But you were telling me that in less than 48 hours, Sean McVay got all that done with Baker Mayfield, got that performance, got a win out of him, and we forsaketh that. For P.J. Walker. Do you understand why there's a tone of frustration right now? I think it's pretty obvious. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Views from Mid Street Podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, the great Lonzo, with you uh, today. If you have not done so already, do us a favor. Make sure that you are liking, that you are subscribing to, and that you are downloading every single episode of The Views from Mint Street podcast available where major podcasts are found on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, or faux free on the Odyssey app. So let us take a look now. At this weekend's matchup, we are on the road taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Carolina opens this game, remember, on the road, ordinarily, you are losing three points, right? The home team's getting three points just for playing at home, which means that 
Seattle gets three points worth of favoritism for being at the house at Quest Field. The line on this game right now, with the great Geno Smith quarterbacking for the Seattle Seahawks. The line on this game right now, Alonzo, Seattle is favored by three and a half points. Ladies and gentlemen, we're right there on the cusp. We're right there on the cusp. We are just about level in the NFC. We are just about level uh, with a Seattle team that has been one of the most talked about surprises in football this year. They are 7-5 and five with Geno Smith as a quarterback. The NFC South... Season third place, the four and eight Carolina Panthers going to Quest, which, by the way, even when Seattle's bad, it's still a very difficult place to play football. Because it's really, really loud there. A field goal difference, Lonzo. Hmm. Now, that line bumped back after Deontay Foreman was taking off the injury report. As a matter of fact, I considered, and now I wish that I would have, thrown some money because I saw Carolina earlier. I saw Carolina plus six and a half. Okay, I was catching six and a half points. Now it's down to plus three and a half points after Deontay Foreman was taken off the injury report and will be a full tilt go on Sunday. But the fact that we are, though, three and a half point dogs in one of the toughest places to play in the entire National Football League. <sighs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it either. I, th- I think this is... Kind of what we expected to to a certain degree. Uh, didn't expect them to be to be favored. Didn't expect them. Well, most people don't expect them to go in and win this game because despite the record, which is bad, and being surrounded by other records that are bad, uh, Carolina has a reputation of being worse than bad. I, I don't get that. Be, the teams with like records, uh, the rest of the country will find a way to to tell you that, well, this team's a whole lot better. In this case, Seattle, record-wise, is better. Maybe they're a better team. I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't think they have a a better offensive line. I don't think they have a better defense. We'll see if their defense can stop the run, because if they can, then then the Panthers may have a problem. If not, uh, we've got a good shot of winning this game. Tampa Bay, thanks for nothing! New Orleans now extends their lead to two games in the NFC South, and I'm going to go ahead and call this shot now before we really get down to brass tacks on it. We lose this game, we're done. Okay, we're not, If we go down to a three-game deficit to Tampa, which is four games remaining in the schedule, despite the fact that we have Tampa, and Tampa's got a much more difficult road to hoe between here and the end of the season than we do, I was going to say, I believe Tampa plays San Francisco this week. They do. But, and you know, then they Purdy. have Cincinnati the week after that. Tampa's got a much more difficult road to the end of the season than we do, but we cannot go down three games. What we can't do is find ourselves in a spot where we have to beat Tampa to then tie the division and then hope things break our way, right? I, I, that, 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 that calculation doesn't work out great for us, I don't think. Um. Got to win this way. You got to win this one. You got to keep that lead down at where it is right now uh, and not let Tampa slip away from you. 
Seattle has lost two out of their last three. Rebounded with a win over the Rams last week. Not really that impressive, though, despite last night's performance by L.A. because the Rams had lost six in a row because they are uh, not good either. This one's at Lumen Field up in Seattle, Carolina is 4-10 and ten all-time against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are on a three-game winning streak. We have won one time up there at Quest, or excuse me, at Lumen. It's still Quest to me. One time up at Lumen Field. It was all the way back in 2015. Take a look at some trends in this one. Deontay Foreman, out of the walking boot, if he was in one, question mark, but not listed on the injury report. <sighs> Deep sigh of Maybe, maybe it's just comfortable for him. You know, sometimes you just feel like you just want a little bit of stability. He's just really fashion forward. Yeah, there you go. Or, or maybe mind games with Seattle, making them think, okay, maybe is he hurt? Is he not hurt? I don't think I don't think any team's above that. The Panthers, after Deontay Foreman took over as the Week Seven starter, he has had four 100 rushing yard games. There is only other one. There's only one other running back in the entire NFL who has had that many 100-yard rushing games since Week Seven. It is Josh Jacobs, who is going to be a Pro Bowler this year potentially. Since Week Seven, Deontay Foreman has averaged 120.3 rushing yards in three wins and 55 rushing yards in the losses. When Deontay gets up over a hundo, we win the game. When he does not, we lose the game. That is not a trend, Lonzo. That's the rule since week seven. That's also I would suggest giving him the ball more. I would say that's that's also an indictment on a, on a team that hasn't been able to decide on a quarterback. And now you're one quarterback short. So now it's it's one or the other. It's either Sam Darnold or it's PJ Walker. But it's kind of an indictment on the team the fact that if you can't run the ball, you can't win the game. And so if you're the other team, what are you going to do? Seattle's going to try to stop the run. So now, can Sam Darnold win the game for you? Don't like that. Don't like that sentence at all. At all. Uh, When it comes to pass defense, the Seattle Seahawks currently find themselves fifth from the bottom. Okay? Fifth from the bottom. In fact... Seattle's pass defense ranks behind New Orleans, the Ravens, the Rams, and the Raiders, all on top defensively of the Seahawks. Against the run, the Seahawks find themselves just around, let me see, I had their uh, their stats here, let me pull them back up, Uh, just around, as a matter of fact, in the same spot. The only teams worse against the run than the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Texans, the Titans, and the Vikings. Run the ball and utilize the run to open up a questionable pass defense for Sam Darnold, right? Uh, Again, I do kind of wonder if the reports coming out of Charlotte are true. If the reports coming out of Charlotte are true and that this is now an on-the-field audition for Sam Darnold to see if he gets another year in Carolina by tearing it up the last few weeks, he cannot. He, he's he's got to dominate this game, and we've got to set him up to do it. You do that by running and opening the field up for him with Deontay Foreman, um, Lonzo. Seventeen passing attempts, seventeen over under. 
it's going to be over. Uh, the other thing, especially if uh, if you if you're right, and this is an audition, and it needs to be because you need to know: is this guy your guy? Do you think this guy's your guy? Because you may have the opportunity, at least depending on where you end up with victories, with all the draft capital you have, you have the position more than likely to get a, get one of the good young quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft. Um, so, if you, you know, for me right now, I'm I'm going with the draft. Uh, I think I think the sample size for Sam Darnold is such that between the Jets and the Panthers, we know what you get with Sam Darnold. And you can blame it on coaching, you can blame it on a lot of other things, and it could be that he's he's damaged goods by now. But he could come out these last few games and tear it up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you think Sam Donald has the capability, as far as talent-wise, to uh, live up to the potential and the and what people think he should be able to do in the NFL. Ugh. Ugh. I I I I will never be. See, I do. I do. I'll never I, th- be I think he does. By the I'm seeing ghost comment. Yeah, I see him on occasion now myself, but you know. Have you have you checked your uh, have you checked your uh, carbon monoxide detectors? Recently? No, no. It could just you be, might want to do that. It could be mice. I live in the woods. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Are you're not you're not like picking mushrooms and sprinkling them on your steak or anything. They uh, do have flavor and hallucination. Okay, uh, so I go with the Aaron Rodgers the suggestions is, on those. I, I don't know, might be a bad idea. He Bro. takes them differently than you'll be willing to. Uh so the answer to that: Can Sam Darnold be a franchise quarterback? No, no. Can he be good enough? Maybe. Maybe. You think Sam Darnold's better than Baker Mayfield? No, and I no. never did. I think if you cater an offense... I do think Sam Darnold's better than P.J. Walker. Though. Sure. I think a lot of people are better than P.J. Walker. And that's no disrespect to the kid. I like him. Tons of heart. Gutsy. Plays his ass off. How come when... He's not that good. He's got a lot of heart. Always means that... Bless him. He, he does the best of what he has. He's got a lot of heart is the same as bless your heart. That's a fact. That's well said. That's yeah, a fact. It's, it's, to me, it's it's not you, it's me. But <laughs> it's that type of thing. Uh, I, look, I'm going to put it this way. I don't care. I don't care if we had Lamar out there. I don't care if you got Aaron Rodgers, but like the good version out there. I don't care if you got Tom Brady from 12 years ago out there, right? You got to go get Deontay Foreman his touches. You got to feed Deontay. You got you just got to feed him. That's just all there is to it. But what if it ain't working? Do you still still do it anyway? Yes. 120 yards in wins, 55 in losses. That's that's the only number that I So need you'd to rather know. him get 45 carries if it takes that many to get over 100. Yeah. 
Okay. 100%. 100%. Because it also means that if he's getting 45 carries, we've got that many carries, it means you're churning out time. I don't want Gino to have the ball. Their defense. I want that defense on the field as long as possible. If you are churning out first downs at a 3.3 yards per carry clip, 3.4 yards per carry clip, and I'm creating six, seven, eight, nine-minute drives, I don't care if we win 3 nothing. You know, one of the weirdest things I've ever heard you say is, I don't want Gino to have the ball. That just sounds so odd. Put some respect on Gino Smith's name. Uh, as a team, the Panthers have a pass-blocking grade through the bye of 75.3, according to Pro Football Focus, ranking fourth in the NFL since week six. Carolina has allow, only allowed nine sacks, ranking second in the league over that stretch. And since week four, Iki Aquanu has the best pass-blocking grade of any rookie lineman not allowing a sack thus far. On the flip side of the ball, Brian Burns reached 10 sacks in a season for the first time in his career after he got to Russell Wilson twice back in Week 12. That's another angle of the game. I cannot let Geno Smith get comfortable, right? Mainly because their receiving core is really good. They can wing the ball around the field, and they have got some ridiculous talent out there that can go up and make some absolutely stupid athletic catches. DK, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Goodwin, these guys on the outside can make you look silly if Geno Smith has time to let plays develop. I need Brian to be a menace in this game. I need Gross Matos. I need all these dudes across the front to be an absolute menace in this game. Geno Smith needs to be on the run. I need him throwing across his body. I need him throwing off balance. I need his eyes having to chase around the backfield to see where the next murderer is coming from and not looking down the field to the guys that are going to be running the routes deep for him. I need these guys, Lonzo, to make Geno Smith's life very frustrating because if he gets into a rhythm, we are in trouble with the wide receiver size and talent that they have on the outside, no matter how good our DBs are. Yeah, I could, I completely agree, but but I think you do have to factor in the DBs because J.C. Horn back there, he's going to take out your best receiver. He's arguably one of the best DBs in all of football right now, and hopefully uh, if he stays healthy, he probably will be that for years to come. So you're not going to be able to throw that way. So he's already you're already losing one receiver. And if you're losing your best receiver and you're having to run for your life the whole time, then all the Panthers have to do is do something on offense. It's it's kind of interesting because I know I had a conversation with our boss earlier today. We were talking about the Panthers and kind of the direction they're in. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm I, I'm as a radio analyst, not a fan, as a radio analyst right now. Um I'm genuinely optimistic about the future of this franchise. I'm talking 2023, 4, 5, 6. I, th- I think we are pointed perhaps in the best direction, certainly of any team in the NFC South, maybe of any team in the National Football League, provided we get the right guys wearing visors and and, and head, what do you call them, headsets? I'm struggling today. Wearing visors you, You've and even headsets. had some of those on before. I know, I'm like sitting here doing yeah. the motion and can't yeah. remember the stupid word headsets. Anyway, uh... I told him I think we may genuinely be on the most positive upward trend of any team in the National Football League. 
I cannot tell you how important this 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 week's game is. Not necessarily to that, but to continuing the upward trend of this season. Right? This is the last team in the NFC that we will play that has a winning record right now. This is the best team remaining on the schedule for us. We got the Steelers, Lions, Bucks, and Saints. Bucks have a winning record. Everybody else outside of the division has a losing record that we have played after Seattle. We win this game and carry that momentum. We can beat the Steelers. The Lions look much better. That's a beatable team. We can win at Tampa Bay. We saw the Saints blow that last Monday, and we can certainly beat New Orleans even in their house. Let's just say, though, we've talked X's and O's, schemes, what we want to see, game plans, and all that. A win in this game, and we are doing Monday's pod with a heck of a lot of energy. I'll just say it that way. Whereas a loss, and we're going back to tanking. Although it's the end of the season. You can't really tank at the end of the season. You're just you're just bad. I mean, you know, there's no longer let's lose the rest uh, because it doesn't really matter at that point. Keep in mind, courtesy of New Orleans losing to Tampa, we're in draft position number six right now. Detroit looking better, certainly trending up, and courtesy of the Rams screwing up that game, or excuse me, winning that game. They have dropped back to number four. We can pass them, potentially. Uh, Philly sits at number five. They'll probably stay ahead of us, courtesy of the Saints. One more time that they have screwed up the Panthers. Yeah, they're not taking a quarterback, though. I don't think so, but it's not so much taking a quarterback as which teams are going to jump up ahead of them, right? Who's going to be willing to send them three years' worth of first-rounders to get C.J. Stroud? I'm not saying anything more about tanking. If we lose against Seattle, I'll see what the mentality is going to be. All I'm trying to say here is the upward trend for Carolina. But I just will want feel a lot more justified with the you win. Can, you can lose against Seattle and still win the South because Tampa could lose the rest of their games. They absolutely could. It, they can lose to San Francisco. Sure, for sure. Could and, lose to Cincinnati next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing that uh, that San Francisco probably. I don't. Um, you could probably look this up. It probably is picked to win. I, I guarantee you, uh, Cincinnati will. Um, and then they're playing the Panthers. So I, you know, I think you could. You probably could. Lo- you don't want to lose this game, but I think you probably could lose this game and still be in it. Uh, Tampa Bay plus three and a half against San Francisco this week, just because of the quarterback. I'm Maybe. thinking. Maybe. I'm thinking just because of cause of Purdy. Big one on the road at Seattle, one o'clock on Sunday. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Uh, keep, that's a good one. That's a good final word. Uh, keep pounding, baby. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, and that's that's uh, we say it every week, but you can win this for sure. You should win this. You're still in this. And if Sam Darnold plays as well as he did last week, and if Deontay really isn't hurt and can run the ball. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on Monday with a review pod. Carolina at Seattle coming up on Sunday. We'll have all the numbers, all the stats, and the results for you on Monday. He's Lonzo. I'm Rob. And this is the Views from Industry Podcast. Keep pounding, baby.